Hail and well met, listeners. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick, broadcasting live from the Underdark. We've brought several brave souls down here under completely normal circumstances to compete for the right to see the sun again. <laughs> Ugh, get that mic out of my face. I'm fighting a mushroom right now. I'm Declan fucking Quinn. To be honest, we don't know how many are going to make it. So a tune right in every other week for Mirth, Sin, and Fire Season 1 against the Underdark. In our last episode, Brittany ventured into the marketplaces of Grekelstug, being as vivacious and ostentatious as only she could, making herself an ideal target for the party's mysterious prey. Eric and Declan follow along in a manner they can only hope is stealthy. Eric notes a group of drow keeping a keen eye on Brittany and focuses his attention on them. Declan locates an area of the city where his streetwise sensibilities can function more efficiently, then focuses his attention on other individuals in the marketplace, giving Brittany more attention than is comfortable. Brittany spots a curious Darrow with an odd hat, a wide-brimmed affair festooned with two tentacles. Employing her deadly charms, Brittany weaves an enchanting performance, enthralling the Duro and several other onlookers. The Duro, Toki, proves to be the prey our heroes have been tasked to capture. Brittany convinces him to take her someplace private, the drow following along with nefarious purpose. Eric and Declan follow the drow with similar, yet hopefully less nefarious, purpose. As Toki the tentacle-festooned terrorist takes Brittany through an illusion-disguised tunnel, the drow lose track of her and search for the hidden passage. In the isolated, dark area, Eric and Declan, now accompanied by Eldith and Jimjar, silently formulate a simple plan. Violence. As you reach the western part, you notice that these six drow have kind of spread apart and are looking around in the rocks and stuff. It looks like they've lost Brittany. Okay. Which means we've lost Brittany because we were following them following Brittany. Man, these people are useless. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a look around. If she's left us breadcrumbs, I'll see if I can find anything Brittany-like. Well, I should clarify, they are between you and the place where she did. So it would be pretty tough getting past them right now. Well, quiet. Um, there's nobody around to really conceal you either. Hmm. I'll look over at Declan and nod my head towards the drow and give him a questioning look. I hold up a knife and raise an eyebrow. I'll drag my thumb across my throat and give him a thumbs up with it. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> How spread out are the drow? They're pretty far apart from each other. I'd say at least 10 to 20 feet between each of them. Hmm. They're each looking behind rocks, looking around. Okay. One of the ones on sort of the far end of this, because I see there's six of them, that gives them a spread mm -hmm. of about 120 feet. That's, well, between 90 and 120. So one of them just kind of off on the edge of it all. Okay. I'm a misty step in burning hands, his ass. <laughs> Show up next to him. Hi. Woof. I am going to throw it heightened and empowered, because why would I not? So it is a dexterity saving throw difficulty 15 at disadvantage. Ah, okay. I'm going to throw it at third level. All right. 
Within the blink of an eye, Eric disappears from the rock he was hiding behind, appears next to this drow, you hear him mutter a catchphrase, and then he just flambes this guy, head to toe, and the drow drops dead. Drop dead drow. And if there's uh, another one of them within, say, 15 feet of him, he also gets the same save? Then you've gotten two of them. Congratulations. And now they're absolutely not looking at Declan. No, they are absolutely not. So Declan, as soon as this goes off, all four drow whirl towards the source of the screaming, drawing short swords and or crossbows, depending on their distance from him. You have a moment where they're distracted to move in. What would you like to do? All right. I think we'll start off with some crossbow work, and I'm going to shoot one with my light crossbow. All right. Give me this attack roll. Okay. That's an eight. An eight? Unfortunately, that won't do anything. That crossbow bolt whizzes off into the dark lake. From here, we're just going to go into standard initiative work. Brittany, while they're rolling initiative, uh, you notice that this this drokey guy is really fast. Like, he shouldn't be this fast for a little guy. He's dragging you along. You're almost tripping. He's moving so fast through these tunnels. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the rush? Getting you to a safe place, that's all. Okay. Um, Why? How are you this quick and nimble? He points down to his feet, which you notice are clothed in rather nice boots. Wow. Those are some fancy kicks you got there. (laughs) <laughs> and fast. I'll say. Well, don't pull me along too quickly. I'm very delicate. Not a problem. And continues to run as fast as he was. Ah! I guess I'm just gonna run after him. <laughs> Eric, what did you roll for initiative? I have a dirty 20 for initiative. Okay. I, uh, too, got a dirty 20. Jeez. First one up is a drow who is particularly close to Eric, so he's going to rush forward with a short sword and attempt to engage him mano y mano. Your armor class is... My armor class is a 15. Okay. Well, then you're going to get hit with a short sword blow. What did he hit on his roll? A 19. I'm going to throw shield and give myself plus 5. That's a react. All right. Well, you nearly got hit by a blow from a short sword then, but throw up your golden shimmery shield just a second soon enough and deflect that blow. Another one of his companions, though, sees the opportunity and decides to seize it. He also rolls a 19 to hit. Oh, that was my reaction, so he's got me. So you're going to take five piercing damage from that short attack as you're beset on both sides. Ouch. But now you get a chance to react. And by that I mean act. It's your turn. It is my turn. Okay. The one who actually hit me, I'm going to hit him with three scorching rays. Oof. Are those dexterity saving throws as well, or are those attack? Those are attack rolls. Okay. Give them to me. For each ray, those being a 16, a 21, and a 24. Okay. And the damage for those? Two dice six each. If I hit with Mm -hmm. all three, I will just... Roll six die six of burn. Eric has started laughing. (laughs) Saving my sorcery points for an emergency. That is going to be 16 points of damage. All right. One, two, three, punch. Three fiery holes in this drow. He falls down 
and his organs are turned to charcoal. Declan, you watch as Eric has received this blow and then incinerates the fellow who did it. You have an opportunity here as the other one who didn't notice your missed crossbow bolt advance on him once again. Alright then, I'm going to reload and fire another shot. Natural one. (laughs) (laughs) This time, the bolt clatters across the floor with the misfire. Immediately, the two drow farthest from Eric whirl and decide that they're going to fire their little hand crossbows at you. What's your armor class? Uh, 16. Uh, Luckily, since you're on a behind partial cover, both of those bolts clatter off the stone in front of you after you duck behind it. Eldith, seeing now this is about the time that she can just openly jump out, decides to jump out with her weapons flailing, but doesn't actually manage to get to a drow time. She just kind of gets halfway there on her stumpy dwarven legs. Jim Jar, meanwhile, also pulls out a crossbow and takes a shot and also just can't seem to hit anything. Eric, the other drow who's a female, you notice, decides that after seeing her companion so incinerated like the others, now is about the time she should run. She whistles to her companions, disengages, and attempts to flee, giving you an opportunity, not an opportunity attack, but it is your turn in the initiative. Do they kind of clump up as they leave? Yes, they do. Fireball. Oh boy. Heightened fireball. Because, yeah, heightened empowered fireball. Uh, I, I really don't, am not into these folks going back and reporting on our location. So that's going to be a deck save 15 at disadvantage for all three of them. All right. The two companions who were occupied firing crossbolts, Declan, are immediately consumed by your fireball. There's not even a peep out of them. They see the lights coming, and they're gone. The other, the female, seems a bit more nimble than the others and is only going to take half damage, whatever that is. Well, let's work that out then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cast that. I revolt this and this. That's 30 points, so it's, she's only going to take 15. Okay. She rolls to the ground, smoking and panting, uh, but she's still just clinging on to life and continues to skitter away along the stone. Declan, you're going to have the next opportunity to take her down. Fantastic. She's attempting to make her way down to the docks. Not going to happen, because my crossbow can't possibly fail me a third time, can it? I love that you had to say it. Well, this time it actually did something. 21 to hit. All right. How do you want to do this? I'd just like to catch her right in the back of the base of the neck as she's running. All right. Yeah. It's exactly what you do, arrow in one side of the neck and out the other. She doesn't even gasp, she just immediately, the bottom half of her body goes limp, and she sprawls across the stone with a wet thud. All drow are now perished. Well, that's what you get your damn slavers. Thank God you were here, Declan. You're welcome. O'Malley gives you a tiny high five. (laughs) Now we, uh, did anyone see where, where our friend went? Uh, nah, nah. The, the draw were looking at this wall like they lost her here, so... Yeah, perception checks all around for you guys as you search. <sighs> Six. <laughs> Twelve. 
Eric, you will be able to spot the snake rune. It's a cobra. It's just marked on a wall. And it's probably a cobra posing fabulously. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Reared back majestically. You can practically hear it saying, yes. <laughs> okay, feel around the area, because this has got to be her mark. Mm -hmm. After less than a minute of feeling along the wall, sudden your hands right through what must be clearly an illusory rock, which becomes semi-transparent now to your awareness. Okay, this way, my guess is. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, for you, Brittany, you reached the end of this tunnel and it led in a room, a wide room made of stone with a large window on the other side. When you look out it, you're looking down into a canyon of sorts. Just next to the window is a door leading out to a staircase. To your right, you'll see much further down a series of hovels built out of fungi and other things. It looks like a mushroom ghetto town, basically, a mushroom shanty town. Interesting. I'll, uh, mm -hmm. whenever we hit like a fork in the road or any where we were, someone might question which direction to go, I'll leave a little cobra rune. Mm hmm. Okay. Droki leads you into this shanty town. And, well, first of all, I should mention the smell. Okay. You'd kind of grown used to the nasty, acrid smell of the, of Gracklestug. Smell of smoke, the smell of burning. Here, it just smells like poor people. Ew. It smells like poverty. Ew. Girl. And everyone who looks at you is pretty, pretty fugly. And they're well. looking at you like you're not the most fabulous being in the world. Well, we'll have to change their minds now, won't we? Mm-hmm. He leads you to a small hovel where he pulls you in and says, Now, 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 you want to know Droki? Talk to Droki. Tell him all the things. Beautiful snake woman. Sure. And I'll tell him fabulous stories about a... What was his race? He's a deep gnome? He's a darrow. Oh, a darrow. Mm -hmm. um, about a darrow adventurer who fought the uh, monarch here, the, the governing, governing body, and, you know, came out on top and brought honor to his people, all that kind of BS. A performance check at advantage. Wow. Okay, then. I rolled a three and a four. Ooh. He but, clearly... But hey, I'm not done. I'm not done. I, oh. have big, I have a big honking modifier. You have a ploy here. So my four, it's 15 total. Expertised bard, what up? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to that honking modifier, uh, he is absolutely enthralled with your story and tells you, yes, yes. Yes, the Darrow will one day overthrow the monarchy. But, but the savants, the savants, they say no. Savants are stupid, stupid. But they're nice. They help Droki, but they're stupid. How do they help you if they're so stupid? They are important. They are. They can read minds. Really? Uh-huh. Yes. Can read minds. Can they read your mind? Mm. Droki would never let them catch him. Never. How Nobody do you... can catch Droki. Oh, no, of course not. 
how would one protect oneself from their powers? Just don't own you. How close do you have to be to them to... I don't know. You ask a lot of questions. Tell Droki more important stories. Okay. And I'll tell him a story about Adero who managed to woo a beautiful princess and get married and take over the monarchy he overthrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to Eric Declan arrest. Uh, you guys find yourself in the same room that Brittany did, and you see this same shantytown occupied with a bunch of Darrow. Hmm. There is a rune which clearly indicates that Brittany is in the shantytown. Oh, uh, we're not going to stand out. Okay. How do you want to play this? Think we should let her do her thing, or... Man, I'm just thinking of all the danger that that poor sweet person is in, and if maybe we shouldn't get Brittany away from him. I thought the plan here was to kill him. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Or, you know, drag him back to the... to the Dwegar lady who's probably gonna, you know, kill him. That sounds harder, doesn't it? Um, That really does. Well, then let's see if we can get surrounded by his people. They may have objections to us getting in there. I'm... Not a hundred percent tapped out, but I'm getting close to needing a nap pretty badly. Uh, no, we don't have to fight all those people, we just have to distract them. Sounds like a plan. Well, then how do you suppose we're going to do that, huh? Distract an entire village of poor people as we saunter through there with all our nice and such. Well, I was thinking I could sneak to the other side of their little shanty town, set a small building on fire, when they all go to put it out, we just saunter on over to wherever we're going to be going. <sighs> There's no way I can object to that plan. It it, it has. Why is it always arson with you two? Because it works. You you may not have noticed this, but that's kind of my thing. It's like you've never robbed a bank. Not or, that I have either. Or set something on fire. So does it have to be a small building? Could, could you maybe set one of the bigger buildings on fire? Asking for a friend. I'm probably going to light the building on fire that looks to be the most flammable. That is all of them. Not the ones, well, certainly anything that isn't carved into the wall. It looks really flammable. Great, I'll pick something that's tallish. Something everyone will see from across our shantytown. So you, you do that, I'll go see if I can find exactly where Brittany's at. And when everyone starts screaming and running for the fire, or away from it, I'll see about finishing the business. Alright, then we'll meet back here. Awesome. I'm going to hum the Mission Impossible theme and go on my way. Stealth check. Add advantage for humming your theme song. So I watched the Emperor's Groove last night. <laughs> and it's just like... Yeah, crunk. <laughs> Yes. Well, so uh, one of my dice was a two, but that's fine because it was advantage, and thankfully the other dice rolled a whopping four, so it's a 13 to my stealth. You are lucky that these, these guys are perceptive as crap, basically. 
So you managed to make it over to the side of the building. You manage to all the time. I need to expand on my vocabulary here. Ma managing to do something is all that I can do, apparently. <laughs> you just barely manage. <laughs> just barely squeak by. <laughs> when you, you rarely roll above a 10. <laughs> you I swear, Walker rolls with... well in other campaigns. The dice just don't like Declan. Uh, you mediocre your way over to a building. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but you get there unseen. <laughs> this building that you've chosen is a little taller than... Uh, it's topped with a big mushroom cap. Unlike a lot of the others, which just have little logs placed across the top, flat roofs, this one has a really nice mushroomy top. Is um, the mushroom giving off spores? No, it is not. It's dried. All right. What are you starting this fire with, by the way? I thought I had an adventurer's kit. I was wrong. I'm going to start it using Dawnbringer. Oh, yeah, nice. All right, Dawn, so... We need to pick something here to light on fire. Something that won't burn too much, but it'll make a lot of smoke. We don't want to burn the house down. That's how people come after you. Just want everyone to think it is burning down. Okay, that's fine. Um, this house, does it belong to uh, uh, a creature of darkness? Some fierce foe? Do you remember the guy that was traveling with us who had knives all over him and just wanted to stab everything he met? Oh, yes, the, the murder hobo. Yes, that's... These are his people. Oh. Yes, we must bring light to their dark world. And if it means destroying a few houses, well, I'm all for it. No, no, no we're, not, we're not trying to destroy the houses because then they're going to come after us. We just want them to think they're burning. So lots of smoke. Try to find something a little damp, perhaps. Oh, okay. You realize that... This is very dry material. It will probably go up really fast. Mm. Just stick me in the cap, at least. The cap might have some remnant of moisture in it. Alright, sounds good. I'll stick you in the cap, and I'll yell fire, and then we'll hide and run. <laughs> Give him lots of warning. Mm -hmm. It's like the scene in Phantom Menace where Qui-Gon Jinn is just stabbing his lightsaber into the door, and from the other side you just see it gradually heating up and melting. <laughs> And eventually a great plume of black smoke just poof up from the shroom. You yell fire and run as you hear a bunch of terrified gravelly screams, which I will not attempt to imitate. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Eric, it's only a few minutes after Declan leaves. You, you thought he was not doing his best sneaking. He was doing his best sneaking imitation, and I guess it worked because there's a huge plume of smoke coming from the other side of the town. I'm going to lose, like, a full turn being amazed that Declan actually succeeded at something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going yeah, to... Jim Jar, Jim Jar is just going to slip you a... My money was against him. Yep, yep. Uh, it's... Even a dead horse can win a race occasionally. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go track down Brittany. Brittany, as soon as the shout for fire comes out, Trokey's like, fire, fire. I know somewhere safe we can go. We need to run now. Come with me. Okay. I will grab my water skin, which I will quickly lick the opening of it. And be like, here, drink this. It'll make you even faster. Oof. Okay. <sighs> what did we decide? It's a constant. 
Yeah, it's a con save against, I think, my, my spell save. Spell save, DC. Yeah, so DC 16. So, Droki takes the water skin and says, Thank you. Takes a big swig, wipes his mouth, and immediately falls over unconscious. Excellent. That's all for this episode of Mirth, Sin, and Fire. Our cast is Scott as Eric Severin, Walker as Declan Quinn, and Candace as Brittany. I'm Nick, your DM, signing off until next time. Thank you. No, like, thank you. Okay, stop. Thanks. So I'm super glad that you liked that episode, but there's one more thing you have to do. Go to thelayeraction.com and check out more of our stuff. Thelayeraction.com, got it? Okay, bye.